God, we just thank you, thank you, thank you for your privilege of coming together and ministering your word, Father. We thank you that your word is the most valuable thing we have in this life, Father, your word and your spirit, Father, and being able to hear from you, Father. It's the thing that can put us over when nothing else can, Father. And I ask you this morning... For your words to come forth, Father, words that can change us, Father, and set us on the path that you would have for us, Father. I ask that your anointing come down, Father, and minister to us, Father. You give us exactly what we need to say and exactly the ears to hear it, Father. Thank you for your anointing resting upon each and every person that's in here today and resting upon me as I say it. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. And everybody that agreed said amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, I'm going to start out with the verse that Brother Hagin wrote this morning. How many of you have never, ever, ever watched Brother Hagin? A few people. A few people. You know, um, I know a lot of people don't understand about that, but... I don't know personally of anyone that has taught faith in a way that he's taught faith, you know, except my husband. I mean, he's got that same, to me, yeah. that same anointing that kind of carried over. Um, but it's just an anointing of teaching faith that you don't see a lot of places, you know. And one of the reasons why is because they had to learn to live it. And, and people can talk about faith, but unless you've learned how to live faith, it's hard to talk about faith. And, uh, you know, sometimes if you get to extra time, you might watch him some or look on YouTube and see some of his videos and stuff. It'll just stir you up on the inside like nothing you ever had. Instead of watching TV one night, just get out of YouTube, you know, and watch it. It'll just, it'll build you up. It'll fire you up. So, uh... But anyway, Mark 11:22, and we'll, we'll start there. Brother Hagin's verse. No, he didn't write this. It was in the Bible long before Brother Hagin came along. It says, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. What color is that in your Bible? Red. Verse 23, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That says a lot in there, doesn't it? This morning, what I want to talk to you about, and I want to read it exactly the way that the Lord gave it to me, is how... We make things that are not come to be. How we make things that are not come into existence. 
Now, I know immediately when you begin to talk about this stuff, half the crowd immediately just turns you off because they think, oh, yeah, we already know about this. We already got this. We know this stuff. But I would like to see a show of hands in here this morning of every person in here, any and all, stand up if you want to, who has ever actually moved a physical mountain. Put Branson on the screen. Maybe there's somebody there. Let's see if anybody in Branson's ever really moved a physical mountain. Stand up if you've ever really moved a physical mountain with your faith. That's what I thought. So maybe we still got something we could learn. Right? Because I don't know it all. And, you know, if it's in the Word, we can do things. It didn't, it, God didn't just put things in red letters in the Bible just for them to be a little extra fluff in there for us. You understand that? He put them in there so that they would mean something to us in our lives so that we would be able to do something. Now, I know, and I'm going to just step on a bunch of toes right here and right now. When Keith and I got in the ministry 30-plus years ago, soon be 40 years ago, even then, people were saying, you know what, that's not really in the Bible. So you could have took your pen and marked through these verses and, and just they weren't in there because, you know, people said that that didn't apply. Well, now, if you listen to people, this whole book doesn't apply. And this whole book doesn't apply. And this whole book doesn't apply. And so when you go to study, you've got to wonder, okay, wait, 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 wait. Can I teach this? Because does this apply to it? No! Go back and read Revelations. It says anybody that adds to or takes from. This book applies to us. And everything in it applies to us. And it's good for us. And we can use it. And I would be afraid to stand before the Lord and say, Hey, I took something out of your book. I didn't think it worked for me. So I think when it says it in red letters, I think it means something for me. And I think I can work it. And it has worked for me. So let's look at this and see what it says. Notice in that verse, it says, have the faith of who? Not the person sitting next to you. Maybe their faith has failed. Maybe your minister's faith has failed. Maybe my faith has failed. But it didn't say have faith like somebody you saw. Do you understand that? It didn't say have faith like somebody that their needs were never met. It didn't say have faith of any minister. It didn't say have the faith of, of your husband. It didn't say have the faith of your wife. It said have faith of who? Have the faith of God. And that's in red letters. Okay? How, what kind of faith did God have? God had the kind of faith 
that when he said something, what happened? He said, light be. And did he wonder when he said, light be. Let's see, I wonder if my faith is working today. I wonder if, if I say light be, how many times am I going to have to say it? Am I going to have to pray for four days? Am I going to have to fast for six days? Am I going to have to get half the church to hook their faith with me? What did he do? He said, light be and light was. And that's the way he did everything. He said it and it was. He said it and it was. That's the God kind of faith. Let's read this verse again. And I want you to notice something as we read it again. It says, verse 23. Just read that one. For verily... I say unto you that whosoever shall, what's that next word? Say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Now, how do we make things that are not come to be? He told us just exactly how to do it in that verse. That's the definition of making non-existent things come to be. That's the definition. You want something that's not existent in your life to come to be? How do you make it happen? I don't think... How many of you in here don't believe that God, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed? How many of you don't believe that? How many of you in here don't believe that He became poor so that you could be rich? How many of you in here don't believe that you have the mind of Christ? How many of you in here don't believe that you're the righteousness of God in Christ? How many of you in here don't believe that he wants you well and he wants you uh, to be happy, that the joy of the Lord is your strength? I don't think our problem is with the believing part. I think most everybody in here believes by Jesus' stripes you were healed. I think you believe what the Bible says. I think you believe that. I think the problem has been with us saying it. And here's where the problem comes in. Let's look at this verse again real carefully. It says, For verily I say unto you, whosoever. 
Now, who in here is a whosoever? Shall say. S-A-Y. It's three little letters, right? Shall say. That means you have to use your mouth. You have to do something, right? Shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. Be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's that two-little word right there in front of that? Did it say that God said? That God said shall come to pass? Are we having any problems with that God said by Jesus' stripes you were healed? What are we having a problem with? The He saith. The He saith. We're having a problem right there with that little part. That those things that He or she saith. He or she saith shall come to pass. We're having a problem with When you say it, you believing it's going to come to pass. You don't believe that when you speak to that mountain, it's going to happen. You don't believe. Let's finish reading it. And he shall. What's that next word? He shall what? He shall what? What color is that in your Bible? Red. He shall what? He might have it. There's a possibility. There's a consideration. If you pray long enough, if you fast for 40 days and 40 nights, If you tell all your friends to hook their faith with you. If two or more of you agree is touching this thing. Oh, see, you got quiet on that one. Huh? He shall what? Now, see, I'm losing you. You see how quiet each person is getting quieter and quieter every time we say it. Read it with me. He shall what? Have whatever he says. How many of you didn't know that verse was in the Bible? We all know it's in there. But our problem is with the he saith. Our problem is that we've spent a lot of time convincing ourselves it's God's part. We're waiting on God to move. We're waiting on God to do something on our behalf. We've prayed. Now we're just waiting on God to do something. How long you reckon God waited when he said, light be? You reckon he waited 
How long some of y'all waited on stuff? How long have I waited on stuff? Hmm? We were just talking about the airplane. Huh? We've all done it. I'm not casting any stones or throwing any stones. When I preach, I preach to me first and foremost. When he says something, it comes to pass instantly. Why? Why is that possible with him? I heard because he's God, because he's sovereign, because he doesn't doubt, faith. Those all sound real good. But he wouldn't tell you to do that if you couldn't do it. He said, he shall have whatsoever he says. He didn't add qualifiers after that. He didn't say if he doesn't doubt. He didn't, he didn't say if he was sovereign. He didn't say if he had extraordinary faith. He didn't say. He said, have faith in God. I think we qualified. You do have faith in God. You believe that he wants you to have it, right? You believe by his stripes you're healed, right? So, here's where the problem comes in. We... As a people, as a body, have trouble with our very own words. It's our own words that give us difficulty. It's our own words that are costing us. It's our own words that are falling short. It said three times as much... He said, or say, if you look at that, look at, get your pen out, mark it in your Bible. We're going to read it again because I want it to get in you. Get your pen, circle it, highlight it. Verse 23. For verily, I want this to get in you, like he said Friday night. We're going to loop it. I say unto you that whosoever, say, I'm a whosoever, whosoever. shall, number one, say, Mark it unto this mountain. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. You're not doubting God. What are you doubting? That what you're saying is going to happen. But shall believe that those things, what what does that next verse say? But shall believe that those things that he said, not what God said, but shall believe that those things that he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. So you're not doubting what God said. You're doubting what he said. Which is you. You're doubting your own words. That's what you're doubting. So we don't want to doubt our own words. That's what we have to fix. 
and his ability and his wanting us to have it were doubting us. So that's where we got to put the fix in, okay? Proverbs 18, you all know this. Everybody knows it, but we're just going to read it real quickly. Death and life, 1821, are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life, you choose, are in the power of the tongue. Few people realize how much the words that come out of their mouth dominate them or rule them. Very few people realize everything that they say that comes out of their mouth controls them. Everything that comes out of your mouth, whether it's for good or whether it's for bad, it controls your future. It controls the next things that's going to happen in your life. What he says, what she says, is going to happen in your life. So many people in our society today are glass half empty people. They're, they're doom and gloom. They're, they're constantly talking about the bad side of things. They want everybody to know how bad things are in their life. We have this new generation of people that love people to feel sorry for them. Why? What's the glory in people feeling sorry for you? What does it benefit us? What, what do we gain from it? People feeling sorry for us. It dominates us, and the more we do that, it squishes us down even further. Because the more we say it, the worse it gets. People get on the phone, and they tell how bad their week has been. They tell how bad their job is. They tell how bad their kids are. They tell how bad their money is. And their words that are coming out of their mouth are setting them up for what's coming next. They're dominating everything in their life. Let me read you a few things that I put here. Like, why do they always call me at the worst time? Do you know people are always going to call you at the worst time now? You've set yourself up for people to call you at the very worst time. You've set it in motion. They're going to continue calling you always at the worst time. See if any of these things register. Now, don't raise your hand, okay? Why is it that my favorite dish is always the one that breaks? You've set yourself up for something like that. Or why is it it's my favorite outfit that always gets something on it? Or my favorite tie or my favorite clothes? You're setting yourself up for something to happen with that. Why is it there's always a wreck on the interstate or on the street when I'm in a hurry? Huh? 
You're setting yourself up for that. Why is it I always get the flu every year? Huh? Anytime anybody has a cold and I get around them, I get it. I get it. Whatever's going around, I'm the first one to get it. You're not, you're not laughing because it, it happens. How many of you hear things like that all the time? You just hear it all the time. People are all the time saying, saying things like that. Every time I eat that, I get indigestion. Huh? Every time I eat that, my belly swells up like a pig. Huh? Huh? You every time I eat that I get diarrhea. <laughs> well, every time you eat it, guess what's going to happen? You better be close to a bathroom. It's going to happen every time you set yourself up in your future. It's happening. It's happening. My kids are always the one to get in a fight or get bad grades. Why are my kids always the ones acting up? Why am I always the one getting called? What are you doing? Seems like something always breaks right at Christmas time. Huh? Nobody's saying anything loud, but I can hear it. Huh? You can hear it. The cogs are going on in people's heads. You don't have to say it out loud, but these things are happening left and right. People are saying things that they shouldn't say. Husbands and wives, why does she always say the wrong thing in front of people? Why is she always talking so much? Why is he always saying that? Well, they're going to continue saying it as long as you say that. It's going to always be happening. Here's some good ones. Why am I always the one that has to work late? Huh? Why does my car never start when I need it to? Why is something always breaking? Why do they never notice me? They're always noticing them, what they do. Why am I the only one around here that does anything? (laughs) Guess what? You just got 12 more jobs. (laughs) You just confessed your future. Why am I the only one around here that does anything? They just added more to you. Okay? My husband and my kids don't appreciate me. Huh? You ain't never heard that one, right? (laughs) Nobody appreciates me. Huh? It's our words, guys. 
that are attacking us. What if everything you said came to pass immediately? What if, like God said, light be? How many people have you ever heard say, I wish I was dead? Huh? I won't ask for a show of hands, but how many people in here ever said they wish they were dead? And God said, light be. What would happen? I wish I was dead. How many people's lives have turned around for the better after they said that? How many people say, ever said, I wish they were dead? What if everything you said out of your mouth came to pass instantly? Instantly, like me. And it happened. We would be more careful about what we said out of our mouths. It would be a lot different if everything we said happened. I wrote down some other things. If you talk failure, failure is sure to happen. If you talk I never succeed. Everything's always going bad for us. Guess what? Everything will always go bad for you. If you talk defeat, guess what's going to happen for you? Defeat is always going to be in your life. Down, defeat, distress, Bad is always going to be in your life. You're speaking to a mountain. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, you're saying things with your mouth and you're causing them to come to pass. Amen. Amen. Come on. That's what's happening, whether it's good or bad. If you talk doubt, it's going to happen. If you talk sickness, you're going to be sick. If you talk marriage problems, we just can't get along. We've tried and we've tried and we've tried. We can't get along. No matter what we do, we just can't make it work. Guess what? You ain't going to be able to make it work if you keep saying that. What if you talk bondage? I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid this is going to happen to us. I'm afraid we're going to lose this. I'm afraid we're not going to have the money to make the, the house payment. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. What's going to happen? Fear is going to consume you. Because these words that are coming out of your mouth are in red letters. Whatever he says will come to pass. Whether it's good or bad, whatever you say, it's working in your life, gangbusters. It's just working in the negative way. It's just working bad in your life instead of working good in your life right now. So what we want to do is we want to turn everything around and make it work good in your life. You think we can do that? I think we can. We're going to get into some other things here in just a second. You remember Friday night, Keith was talking about 
And I told him, I've told him this a bunch of times. I said, I'm going to quit telling you what I'm going to speak on because you get too close to sharing everything that I, and <laughs> I pick on him about it all the time because I always just reshare his sermons. I twist them another way. <laughs> so, you know, just say them differently than he says them. Um, but our thoughts, everything starts up here. And why would you say my husband doesn't appreciate me or my kids don't appreciate me? What have you been thinking on? And it'll eventually come out of your mouth. And you think on these things long enough and they're going to, whatever's in your heart's eventually going to spew out of your mouth. And that's what happens to people. That's why this verse says this, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. You all know these things. But you know what? If we had it all together, we would be moving physical mountains. We would be getting everything we're believing for today instantly every time we say it. And I don't think anybody in here is having everything that they say the first time they say it come to pass. If they are, raise their hand. That's what I thought. So that means we can grow in these things. So let's look at this verse, 2 Corinthians 10.5. It says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. This is what Keith was talking about Friday night. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. If we cast down the thoughts, then they don't spew out of our mouth to start with. The other morning I was getting ready. And... I started thinking about this message. And the Lord gave me the perfect illustration for it. How many of you have ever operated a computer? Uh Uh-huh. Let's do it another way. How many of you have never operated a computer? Uh Uh-huh. I don't think I see one hand. Okay. Then you'll understand this illustration. How many of you have ever... One person, maybe two... um, have ever gotten spam mail before? Uh-huh. How many of you have ever gotten pop-up spam mail before? Do you understand what I'm saying? You're trying to do something and something pops up. Okay? How many times does it pop up? Too many. Has it popped up once? Has it popped up twice? Does it pop up three times? Does something can pop up four times? Can something pop up five times? Can it pop up ten times? Can it pop up different spams 50 times? What, what do you have to eventually do? What happens... If you don't delete them, they just keep coming, don't they? They just keep popping up. And you're trying to get something done, and what happens? Pop up. Pop up. And some of them, they used to just pop up and just sit there, but now they play a video. Right? And you have to wait three seconds or five seconds in order to get rid of them. Now it's not just a little pop-up 
picture, it's a pop-up video. And you have to wait for it to go away. That's just exactly how the devil is. That's exactly what he does in our life. All throughout the day. All day long. He pops up negative things in our life. All day long. He's popping up a video in your life. He's popping up something negative in your life. He's popping it up. He's popping it up. And you know all you have to do on that spam is just press that little X and it'll go away. Wait for it to end. It'll go away. No big deal. What about... Have you ever gotten an email from some weird source you didn't know who they were? Were you stupid enough to open it? Years ago? Before we got smarter? Okay. Let me ask you a question then. We were, this applies so absolutely to the way our lives are. Years ago when we were stupid enough to open them, and we opened those emails from people we did not know, and we didn't know what they were, what happened to your computer? It got a virus. And it corrupted all the data in your computer. And one little click took you how long to get fixed? Huh? Days, weeks. Sometimes you never got it back. Right? How many of you can remember data that you never got back? It's just gone forever. Do you know that's just exactly how the devil is? Some things that he feeds your mind, you should never open up. You should never open up. Because once you open up, they corrupt your body in certain ways. And some things you might be able to get back, but other parts of you, you could be lost in that area for a long time, sometimes weeks, sometimes months, sometimes years. Sometimes you never get that part of your thinking removed without that thought coming back to you year after year after year after year after year. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You should have never opened that email in your mind. Because it made you say things you would have never said. Now, what about a company? Say our ministry. Say some big corporation. What if they don't have up the appropriate firewalls? What if we didn't have the appropriate firewalls 
and somebody was able to come in and steal every one of your account numbers or or information or addresses or like they've done. You've heard it so much lately. And it corrupted all of our data. We lost all of our mail lists. We lost everything we had because we refused to take the time and the effort to put in the appropriate walls. Would that affect us? How long would that affect us? How long could that affect us as a ministry? How long has it affected some of these companies? Some of them can lose it forever. Never, people never gain confidence back in them. It is the exact same way with your mind and your heart. You have to put up the appropriate firewalls with the Word of God. In your mind and your heart. And you have to guard it to where you never say certain things that the devil puts those thoughts in your mind. Just because they come there, just because that spam or that email or that thought comes to your mind, you never open it. You never open this mouth and say it. It does not matter what it looks like, what it feels like, how loud it's screaming, how many times that video plays on the front of your computer. How many of you wished you'd have never opened that email and ruined all your stuff on your computer? How, how quick did you open that email and it took you forever to get it fixed? It's not worth the time that it takes for you to open your mouth just because you can't see the results like you could see on it corrupting your computer. It's corrupting your life exactly the same way. Paul talks about our minds being corrupted from the simplicity of Christ. Same word, corrupted. We don't want our bodies and our minds being corrupted with the devil's data. We don't want our mouths spewing out any of the devil's data. Let me give you an example of that. Say you have a bill that's due. Say you have your mortgage that's due the first of the month. Or say you have a car payment that's due on the first of the month. And you're believing God for that to come in. You've prayed. You've spoken to it. You've released the ministering spirits to cause the money to come in. You've claimed the amount that you needed. You've bound up the devil from your money. And you're claiming it to come in. It gets time for the bill to be paid. And the next thing that comes out of your mouth is, we don't have enough. We don't have enough to pay that bill. We're not going to have enough. 
We're not going to have enough. We're just not going to have enough to do that. We're not going to have enough. Do you know what happens in the spiritual realm? It's like, say, um, let's see if I've got it here. Okay, here's a good one. This is an envelope that maybe somebody was going to give you some money. They had it sitting on their desk. They're sending you some money. And you said, we're not going to have enough. What happens is, in the spiritual realm, it gets stuffed up underneath something. And forgotten. And it could sit there for days and weeks. People don't count spiritual things as real as what they are. They only count the natural where they can see their computer corrupted. They don't count the red letters in the Bible as really meaning anything. Our words are our activators in our lives. We have to have faith in our words. We have to believe that what we say comes to pass. Our words. And we don't move from it no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, no matter what we hear, no matter what our neighbor says, no matter what the governor says, no matter what the president says, no matter what our spouse says, no matter what anybody says. The reason that you have not seen it come to pass is because your words have not been true in your own life. So it may take just a little bit of time to get that pendulum to change in your life to where your words mean something. So there's no need in us getting upset with God because our things are not happening in our lives. We need to get upset with ourselves and get our words turned in a different direction. And the minute that we get our words working on our behalf and going in the right direction, then things are going to start to happen in our lives the way that they should happen. We don't ever want to say, I got a migraine. Because we got a migraine for no telling how long then. We don't ever want to say, I got a disease. We never want to confess lack. Because when we confess lack, we release ministering imps to go and cause lack to come in our lives. The spiritual realm is real. Say that with me. The spiritual realm is real. And that's the hardest thing that we have to realize in our lives is that because we live in this natural realm, we're always looking for something natural. And the more natural that you are, the more you look to the natural. But the more spiritual you become, the less you look to the natural. The more spiritual that you are, you're not moved by anything around you in the natural. Amen. Amen. 
You put your words out there and you say, I don't care what they say. I know God told me this was going to happen and it's going to happen. Keith told you about this, so I'll just tell you again. He's at flight safety. You know, him and Mike went to school for flying the big airplane. So every time he's gotten a new type rating, a new type rating is a new rating for a different airplane. And every time you have to go and do that, you have to go at least 30 days, sometimes 45 days, and it's intense. You go from like 7 in the morning till like 7 or 8 o'clock at night, and it's like one pilot that Keith was with says it's like pilot hell. You go into hell in the morning and you get out of hell at night and you go back the next morning, it's the same thing. You died and you went to hell and you wake up there every day again because it's dark and anything that can go wrong goes wrong. And there's fires and there's ice and you fall out of the sky and you and nothing goes right for 45 days. Nothing. You know, and it's intense. I mean, it's not like you get a break. It's intense. And so when he's done with that, I'm like, anybody that can do that gets five gold stars in my book. So I always try to get him a new watch or a new something during that time. So I decided, you know, while he was at school, I would look and I would see what was available during that time. Well, I found this watch that it was a new flying watch. It's called a Breitling. Some of you may know it, you know. But um, anyway, they had come out with this new collector's item watch. It was so many year edition, and it had numbers on the back and stuff like that. And uh, so I called a couple of the stores around, and, and they said, oh, no, that watch was sold out the day it came out. You're never going to find one of those watches. You just might as well give up on that. And I said, thank you for your time. I wasn't rude to them. I didn't make my faith's confession to them. I didn't argue with them. I didn't tell them they didn't know what they were talking about. They just told me what they knew. Do you understand that? You don't have to preach to people. You don't have to make your faith's confession to them. You don't have to do anything to them. Thank you for your time. Well, I did this dumb blonde for probably 40 times. And then I stopped and I thought, you dumb blonde, stop. I'm slower than some of you sometimes. Or that's a bad confession. I'll keep my words right. I'm faster than all of you sometimes. So get these words working for me. So I stopped and I sat there for just a minute at my desk and I said, "Uh, Lord, you know this means something to me and it's a desire of my heart. And I want him to have this. If there's one out there anywhere, I only need one. If there's one out there anywhere, this is a waste of my time. And my time is valuable to you. I should be doing this and this and this and this. If there's one out there, show me where to call. So I looked at this list that I had printed out. And I picked up the phone and I called this number. And the lady said, well, we do happen to have one, but it's sold. And the person hasn't come and got it yet. She she thought just she got quiet for just a minute and she said, "Uh, but if you'll pay for it right now, I'll sell it to you. I said, here's my number. She said, now, when do you need this by? Well, it was his birthday, too. 
And I said, well, his birthday is Monday. This was Saturday. She said, I'm going to have somebody drive that to you. I said, what? I said, no, he's not 12. It'll be okay if you just overnight it. And it was there by Tuesday morning, sitting there for when he got home. Now, I had to stop and get my words working for me. I prayed and I asked the Lord to do that for me. But I never once said what they said about that watch. That there's not one. That you can't find it. This building that you're sitting in. This building here in Sarasota. When we got this building, they said it was sold. I never once said this building was sold. Watch what you say just because other people are saying it. It doesn't matter if everybody but you is saying something. All you need is you and God. That didn't say take you and 12 other people. It said have faith in your words. Whosoever shall say, he shall have whatsoever he says. That's what it said. It didn't say you and you and you and you have to combine your faith and fast. It says whatsoever you shall say. If you're believing God for healing, then you say, body, I said, get in line. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. I say you're healed. Money, Bills be paid. Hearing be normal. Eyes be strong. And don't be moved by what you wake up tomorrow morning and you see. You don't need to tell another soul what you're believing for. Sometimes that's the worst thing that you can do. Because they don't have faith in your words and you already doubt yourself enough. All you need to do is have faith in your own words. The worst thing that you can do as a believer is doubt God and you. All you need is God and you. That's all you need is God and you. We have believed God for. Anything almost that you can believe for. But we did it, God and us. And our words. And the stronger we get in making sure that our words are only saying what this book says, and we don't say anything else, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Say, it doesn't matter matter. what it looks like. I'm only going to say what this says. But how can you only say what that says? You have to know what it says. You have to put up a firewall in your mind to anything else. It doesn't matter how crazy your kids have acted. You only say 
what they should be. They are godly kids. They will act for God all the days of their life. They will serve God all the days of their life. We'll live for God all the days of our life. We'll live and prosper for God all the days of our life. We'll have a long life. You only say the words out of your mouth that He said about you. He never said you were ugly. Where Find me one scripture in there that it said you were ugly and fat and dumb. Huh? It's not there. Or that you were broke and you were in need and you were going to lack. Find me one scripture that said that. Or you were going to do without. Or you had to suffer. Or that you were going to lose your mind when you got to be a certain age. Huh? Find one scripture in there. No, you put up a firewall to every doctor, everything... The TV is the worst thing. Because you see all those ads for all these pills that say when you get to be a certain age, you're going to have to wear a diaper and that you're going to have to lose your mind. And it plants all these thoughts in your mind that when you get to be a certain age, you're going to be a diaper drooling baby. You'd be better off watching Brother Hagen YouTube. I'm telling you. Building your faith then, then, and putting up that firewall. You opened that bad, corrupt email. You're planting things in your mind that's going to come out of your mouth. And you're not going to be able to stop them. Look at me. I'm 60 years old. And look at me. I'm having to wear a diaper now and I can't remember a thing. Where did you get that from? All your friends in the TV. You have to cut all that stuff out and get that video off your screen and get this in there so that you know the right words to say and you only say what he said to say. And if we get those words working in our mouth, these red letters are going to come to pass in our life. We want those words coming out of our mouth and those words coming to pass. I have the mind of Christ. My body will function properly all the days of its life. My body is being renewed. Not it's dying. It's being renewed. Every day. I'm not going to talk that other stuff. If I want winning things to happen in my body, I'm going to say winning things. If I want defeat to happen in my body, then I'm going to start saying defeat all the time. You need to do the same thing. A person never rises above their faith's confession. They never rise above their faith's confession. If you want to rise, you start making those faith confessions. That went away in the 80s. No, it never went away. The Bible never went away. 
And you start making your faith's confession and those things will come to pass in your life. It may take a little bit longer because you've been making the wrong confessions and you didn't want all those bad things to happen. So God had mercy on you that all the bad things didn't happen in your life. So keep saying them every day. If you've got to get you a postcard and stick it in your shoulder, on your shoulder, and it rubs you the way you remember to say it, pull it out and say it, do it. You got to put it in the mirror in your car. You got to stick it on your refrigerator, wherever you are the most. Stick it on your husband's forehead. <laughs> Some people don't look at their spouse enough. Maybe that'd be a good start. <laughs> Proverbs 6 2 says this You are snared with the words of your mouth. You are taken with the words of your mouth. We don't want that, do we? So let's look at James. James 3 says this, and you all know it. James 3, 3. We put bits in the horses' mouths so that they can obey us. But, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they're turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue, and it's a little member, and boasts great things. Behold, how great a fire, uh, how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire the course of hell. But flip that in reverse for just a minute. The tongue is a little bitty member. And we put bits in the horse's mouth to do what? To turn them. And the rudder on a ship will do what? It'll turn it. If we start saying the right words about our life, what can we do? We can turn it in the right direction. We can get our lives turned in the right direction. Saying the right words, doing the right things, confessing the right things. Maybe you've been confessing the wrong thing for 50 years, but it's time to start saying the right things over our lives. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet. Glory to God. Let's pray just a minute. Father, say this with me. Father, I ask you, put a watch at the door of my mouth that I would only say those things that would be helpful to me to encourage me and set me on the right course. The course that your word has set out for me. That I would be prosperous, healed, and live long and do your will all the days of my life. I thank you that your word says 
whatsoever I say will come to pass. I say I can have whatsoever I say. I proclaim it now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for helping me in Jesus' name. Now thank him for it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to your name. You guys got something you can sing? I am what God says I am.